0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine, only on the BetQL Network. Welcome back into Taps Out here on the BetQL Network. As always, produced by Jake Nowaker, co-hosted by Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And let's welcome a new friend of the show. He is the host of Mom's Basement MMA. He is Tyler Little. And Tyler, we finally have another pay-per-view. UFC 290 coming up next week. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez at the top of the card. Are you surprised that Yair is such a big underdog right now? I bet MGM. I'm looking at him at plus three thirty.
0: 30. Uh, well, first and foremost, Sean, thanks for having me BT. Thanks for uh, uh, letting me join you folks this evening. Always appreciative to have opportunities like this, to talk MMA with like-minded folks to answer the question. Am I surprised? No, not really. Uh, no disrespect to Yair. A fantastic, talent a phenom i understand why people are so excited about him any other featherweight contender i would expect the odds to be a little bit different but he's arguably going up against in my opinion the best pound for pound fighter in the ufc right now so am i surprised by the uh vegas having the odds a certain way slanted toward volk no not really but could it be a close fight it certainly could
2: if Yair was going to get it done, Tyler, what has he got to do? What like what are the paths for him to, to beat Alexander Volkanovsky?
0: Man, that's a, such a really difficult question because not a lot of men have had success doing that. I would say he's got to not psych himself out. He's got to do what makes him a dynamic fighter. Keep Volkanovsky guessing and be patient, not get caught. Uh, I feel a lot of times people will get a little bit lulled into alexander volkanovsky's game of deadly striking and that's certainly one thing you don't want to do i would mix it up i would threaten that level change i would attack his legs and really try to keep volkanovsky guessing for the entire 25 minute duration he does that there's certainly a possibility he could get it done
2: we saw last week uh ilia taporia uh dame josh emmett Do you feel like he is, if anybody's got a shot, do you feel like he he can get it done against Alexander Volkanovsky or is it just that's going to be too big a a step up if he gets that championship level?
0: This is a question I have been like battling in my brain over the past few days. He's such a dynamic talent. He is so dangerous. I understand why people are so high on this guy. And my reaction to that is, who else, if not him, it's got to be, if it's not him, then I, I really can't think of any other threat beyond Tuporia. I think Tuporia is so dangerous with the striking. I think he's smart. I think he, he, he just has like a certain X factor about him that makes him a dangerous guy, in my opinion. And if I had to put money on an outcome of a fight between Tuporia and Volkanovsky, I would be, Today, my answer would probably be Taporia. We're talking
1: with the host of Motton's Baseman MMA here on Tapped Out. He is Tyler Little on the BetQL Network. Uh, Tyler, also on that card, UFC 290, another underdog that I'm really looking at hard, man. Drake is DuPlessis. He's been a cash cow for me at 3-1 to one versus friend of the show. Robert Whitaker has joined us a couple of times at minus 400. I, I look, I think Robert Whittaker's the better fighter. And I understand why he's such a big underdog, but man, two plus he's looked good now for a long time. And if you just tell me it's a cage fight and Styles make fights, I think I'm going to play the 3 to 1 dog.
0: I completely understand why you would. It's listen, from a betting perspective, it's it's not a terrible move. He has an X factor about him. He's completely He's completely dynamic and powerful. And when I think of Drakus Duplessis, I think of somebody who is a complete cannon of a fighter. It is, one shot is all it will take. And to your point, Sean, it doesn't have to be a clean shot. He can overwhelm you with brute force violence. That's what makes him such a dangerous guy to have to contend with. My biggest concern about him is his gas tank. Uh, Robert Whitaker, you're talking about a guy who's gone the 25 minute distance time and time again. He uh, will dart in and out of the pocket. And there are a lot of things about Robert Whitaker having been battle tested against some of the best fighters on the planet. He's going to have his work cut out for him. That's all I can say. Drake is duplicy. That cardio better be there for him to have that chance. I have a hard time believing that Robert Whitaker is going to get caught early in the first round. Not to say it's not impossible to your point. It is a cage fight, but the more often I, when I see that fight play out in my head, The longer that fight goes, the better off Robert Whitaker is going to be.
2: So if he gets the, if he gets the job done, any path to him uh, fighting Izzy again, I mean, it's such a tough scenario because you have two losses against the champ. We kind of know it, but like, I don't know what else there is for him to do. He's kind of in that max Holloway zone at middleweight. So is there anything Robert Whitaker could do against Dracus that would say, okay, he deserves the title shot again? Or do you feel like he's just in no man's land right now until there is a new guy on top at 185?
0: I do kind of feel he's in a no man's land right now. Everyone expects him to beat somebody like Dracus Uh If he does that, he maintains his position in my mind. Is that enough to warrant a rematch? A third world with Izzy? Probably not. I think he's going to have to do something a little bit more impressive. I think it's going to take knocking off a Hamzat Shemaev in order to justify getting an 85 title shot at this time. The problem with that, though, is what exactly is going on with Hamzat Shumayev? Not exactly been the most active guy. He's going on the better part of a year of inactivity. That's the biggest question mark. What do you, what do you make of
2: all that, Tyler? Like, what do you think is going on there with Hamza like it's been like this is a guy who made his fame off of fighting very very it's a lot of fights in a in a short amount of time yeah, I get it you raise up on on fame but then all of a sudden it's like we don't know he doesn't we don't know what weight class he's fighting at we don't know when he's gonna fight maybe some Usman buzz out there then it goes away like what is your best guess as to what's next for Hamza?
0: I think first and foremost, we have to remember, he didn't do himself any favors about that Nate Diaz matchup a little while back. Um, They really, the UFC really had to acquiesce and accommodate uh, his unwillingness to go to welterweight. Um, You know, that's when we're talking about Nate Diaz in the UFC, that sounds like, you know, an eon ago, but it wasn't that long ago where he was a contender in the UFC. And those two were slated to compete with one another. That was a botched weight cut that really pissed off the boss. And now we are probably 99.9% sure we can assume that Hamzat Shemaev will be competing in that middleweight division. With that being said, the impact, the departure of Darren Till and his health, th- those two are close. Those two got a lot of time in with each other. If Darren, if Darren Till isn't healthy and isn't able to give him looks in the training room, does that affect his game plan? You know, it very well could be, and I think that's one of the stories that nobody's really talking about, with the departure of a Darren Till, somebody that Hamzat really got, spent a lot of time with, is that impacting his preparations? Does that make him less confident? It very well could, and that could be a partial reason why we aren't seeing a Hamzat Shemayev in action, unless there's, you know, some sort of injury that's happened that we just don't know about.
1: It's not just Hamzat, though, guys. It's like, where have you been, Kamaru Uzman? What's up with Patty Pimblett? What's up with the Colby fight versus Leon? Like, it's it's been very, um, I don't know, if auspicious or inauspicious. I don't even know if that's the right word. But it's been kind of weird, is what I'm trying to say, where, to BT's point, these guys were so active, and at least we heard about them. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what's going on? Speaking of, a guy that we have heard a lot about but don't know if he's actually going to fight Conor McGregor on tough, not the best coach in the world. We're seeing that. Do you think we're going to actually get this fight with Michael Chandler?
0: Is it going to happen in 2023? You know, if you believe what you read, the answer to that's pretty obvious. It's not going to happen because of USADA sampling deadlines. He missed that cutoff. If we are going to see it, it is more than likely going to be in, you know, the first quarter of 2024. I think that's somewhat reasonable. They, they, I think the UFC pinned themselves in a really awkward corner with that tough has not transpired in what they had hoped. The ratings certainly aren't there. I think that's fair. The latest legal issues that McGregor is facing uh in you know with that whole NBA situation, that's not a good look either. And the UFC is really in an awkward position. Number one, you know, they put out a lightning rod that hasn't delivered on the ratings that they had wanted. There's additional legal issues that they're having to potentially contend with. And now he missed the USADA sampling period. So if anything, if that fight happens, it's probably going to happen in 2024. You know, Chandler's probably thinking in the back of his mind that it was something that uh, was certainly a possibility, but it's too big of a money fight. I don't expect Chandler walking away uh, for a different fight. He wants that McGregor fight. He wants that McGregor payday. And I think he'll get it in 2024.
1: What do you think they think of Conor McGregor? And by they, I mean the UFC. Like, because me and BT talk about this all the time. And me and Jake were talking about this actually earlier today off air where I had to take down my Conor McGregor picture. And that thing's dope. But it's like, I don't like him anymore. He's not fun. He's not cool. He's just a shadow of what he used to be. I can't even really look at it without feeling kind of cheesy myself. Is the UFC just squeezing the last of the juice they can get out of it because what do they think was going to happen with tough like what do they think the interest still is with conor mcgregor
0: what what a fantastic question past results um we have all been in the mma media space for long enough to remember what those mcgregor numbers looked like he was the man he was the definition of cool and we all rode that wave when we're talking about a Conor McGregor fight in 2020, 2021, 2022, we all noticed that pump out on our numbers as well. He's such a mega star based off of what he was able to do in the past, based off of those Nate Diaz fights, based off of those Jose Aldo fights. You know, he has, he is one of the most iconic MMA fighters of all time. And he is able to ride that reputation out to your point though. The results just have not been there lately. And it certainly feels like a desperate cash grab at this point. Do I consider him to be a bonafide lightweight contender? No. A 170 pound contender put Kamaru Usman in the ring with Conor McGregor and watch what would happen. It would not go no. Max way at all. No. I think, I think, Kamaru, I think Kamaru Usman would completely uh, dominate Conor McGregor and it would look very similar to a uh, bigger, uh, Habib
2: on top of him for 15 to 25 minutes. Uh, Tyler, the uh, one of the big news stories this week, we got uh, word Henry Cejudo out of his fight uh, with Cheeto Vera hurts his shoulder. Uh, one, your reaction just the injury. Two, like with his you know path of his career just coming back after a long layoff. How worried are you that this could be a big deterrent for Henry? That you know a guy who's just coming off of basically a long you know retirement is now dealing with a serious injury and. Uh, in a very, very tough weight class.
0: It's very concerning, just based off of age and mileage. I mean, father time isn't friendly. And a shoulder injury, anyone who's ever had a shoulder injury will tell you, you heard it once, you're never 100% after that. Now, fortunately, he's got the best doctors, he's got the best treatment paths available to him. But you know, is Henry Cejudo Going to get back? Is he going to look the same? You know, we're not really going to know that until he actually and until he gets that opportunity. But it's just a very unfortunate um, situation for him. Uh, he he's coming off a split decision loss uh, against the champion Aljamain Sterling, and he got a really favorable matchup in Cheeto Vera, in my opinion. I think you put a healthy Henry Cejudo up against Cheeto Vera, especially in a fifteen minute fight. That's a big win over a big name. I I would bet my mortgage that uh, Henry Cejudo is going to walk away the winner in a, a potential matchup between those two.
1: Tyler Little, host of Mom's Basement MMA, joining us here on the BetQL Network. All right, last one, then we'll get you out of here. We do actually have a fight tonight. Sean Strickland, the favorite, taking on Magomedov. Strickland minus 150, Magomedov plus 125. Which way should we play it?
0: Man, I, t- I can't help but uh, roll that dice a little bit and look at Abus a little bit. Uh, this is a fight that a lot of people aren't giving him an opportunity. Uh, and it's because of reign- it's because of name recognition, or in this case, lack thereof. He is a Dagestani fighter who's spent most of his time competing overseas. If you don't watch PFL, if you don't watch KSW, you probably have no idea how good this guy is. He uh, put a beating on Sidebuc, the PFL welterweight champion, not that long ago. He's up a weight class. He's a dynamic striker. He can do all sorts of things really, really well. The other thing I like going into this fight for Abu's side is people are telling him for a UFC fight night card, a UFC fight night card, you're not a big enough name to headline this. Who the heck are you? We don't want any part to do. We don't want anything to do with you. And when you talk about a competitor of this caliber who has a 25-4 and four record, they're not used to hearing stuff like that. I have to believe that's going to be a huge motivating factor for him. And I'm going to take my chances with the dog in Magomedov
1: great stuff. You talked me into it. I think I'm going to play the underdog Magomedov at plus 125. And Sean Strickland also has the name recognition because the dude fights like every other week. So I think at this point, my grandma knows who he is. He's Tyler Little, host of Mom's Basement MMA, joining us here on Tapped Out. We'll bring you on soon. Again, man, we really appreciate your time.
0: I appreciate you gents having me. Have a great rest of your evening and enjoy the fights this weekend.